Worn by players like Michael Harris to meet the demand of elite ball players, the New Balance Fuel Cell 4040 V7 is a versatile option. The 4040 V7 is built for the athlete who needs responsiveness and ability to cut and run at their full speed. The model features a fuel cell foam underfoot and a synthetic and mesh upper to provide breathability, comfort, and a snug fit as you round the bases. The fuel cell midsole features nitrogen-infused foam specifically designed to propel athletes forward. Learn more about the 4040 at newbalance.com. Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. High drive, center field, hit the wall, grand slam. This is magnificent. Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy Here's Frank, Scott, Chris, and Adam. The thing about bold predictions is that you want to make them bold enough so that if they come true, you'll be pleasantly surprised. On the other hand, you don't want to go too far out there and give yourself no chance of being right at all. Welcome to the bold prediction slash season preview edition of Fantasy Baseball Today. And it's on a Wednesday, July 22nd. Frank Stanfill here with Scott White, Chris Towers, and Adam Azer. Completely random, guys. Today is Wednesday. I just said that. Uh, but I've got to ask you. <laughs> Have you ever really studied the word Wednesday and thought, who made this and what are we doing? Because it's Wednesday. Yeah. If anyone has like the origin of this word, please enlighten me. Because well, they're all uh, all of the days of the week, I believe, derive from uh, Roman gods. If I'm not mistaken, I I actually oh. could no no. It's Thursday. Think about it. It's Thursday Adam's. is Thorsday, right? So that's Norse. Okay, then, yeah. No, you're right. It's, uh, it's actually Adam's family characters. They're all derived. <laughs> so, sorry, man. Uh, yeah, it's, maybe it is just Norse, then. I don't, above, know. I don't know any other Norses. Above my pay grade. Uh, Norses just, or horses. Odin? Whenever, Odin. Odin's son is Thor, right? I'm, I'm, just, I'm basically just going off Marvel Comics at this point. <laughs> I've got nothing. I was yeah, hoping sa- you guys Saturn, could help me out here. Saturday is Saturn. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, that's Roman, right? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like people just put a bunch of different stuff together and then tried to make it look like there was a theme, but there's probably not one. I don't know. If anyone else knows, feel free to hit us up uh, on Twitter. Uh, today on the show, mentioned, we've got bold predictions, we've got division winners, MVPs, Cy Young's Rookie of the Year. But Scott, why don't you get us started with the bold prediction that you 100% believe in? Okay, well, 100% is a little strong, all right? 95%. You know, I I feel really good about this one, and we've been touting it a lot over the past few weeks, so it's it's not going to shock anybody, I think, who's been listening during that time. But Rich Hill is going to be a top 10 pitcher. The ratios have been there for the past several years. We never approached him that way because we knew he couldn't hold up over a full season. It's not a full season. So this is the year it's going to happen for him. I think there's a good chance he stays healthy for 12 starts i expect the ratios to be there if he does great lineup backing him in minnesota great bullpen backing him good chance he wins a lot of games top 10 fantasy pitcher this year rich hill scott is quite bullish on the twins altogether, and we'll get into that a little bit later on all of these bold predictions are on cbsports.com as well and scott you pointed out in this article a 3.30 era 1.11 whip and a 10.7K per nine over the past three years for Rich Hill. All he has to do is stay healthy for 12 starts. Knock on wood. Chris, you're up. 
What is the bold prediction that you believe in most? Keston here will be a top three finisher in National League MVP voting. Keston here, some people might look at a 402 BABIP and say, well, he's got regression coming. And, you know, it, the thing is, it's not 2010 anymore. And we know better than just to point at a high BABIP and scream regression. Keston here had a 378 career BABIP in the minors. He impacts the ball incredibly well. He showed up in the majors last season and, you know, things off after the Rocky start where he actually got sent down. Once he got called back up, he showcased elite batted ball uh, abilities. He hit the ball incredibly hard, uh, tons of barrels, tons of line drives, huge average exit velocity, huge hard hit rate. If he can cut that 30% strikeout rate that he had last year in the majors to the 26% rate it was at AAA last year, he's probably a first-round fantasy option moving forward. If he can cut it to like the low 20s like he was the rest of his minor league career, then we're talking about is he in the discussion for the top three picks. That, that is the kind of upside we're talking about with Keston here. Yeah, and the Babbitt point that you make is very similar, in my opinion, to Yuan Moncada, which yep. we've pointed out before, where these guys have had high Babbitts in the past in their yeah. minor league career. So, look, is he going to have a, a Babbitt over 400? Probably no. not for Hero, no. but even if That's... that comes back a little bit, if he hits 280, that would still be great. Yeah, the, the, the true talent level Babbitt is never going to be over 400. But, you know, Yohan Moncada, I think, is like 365 for his career. Obviously, Garcia is another guy who's like in the 340 range. Keston Hira should be among the league leaders in that true Babbitt talent level. That is just with how hard he hits the ball, with how well he hits the ball, and the fact that he's pretty fast. You know, those things all help him a lot. I could not be higher on Keston Hira uh, going into 2020 or for the next decade, really. Keston Hira, am I right, Chris? Right. Oh, yeah, because I'm, I am, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I like I it. I, ooh, that's a winner. Adam, you've, uh, you've already give us, given us this spicy take in the past, but uh, remind us, what is the bold prediction that you believe in most? Robbie Ray will finish top three in Cy Young voting. Basically, I just feel like if he can get his control under control, he's going to be a stud. Uh, he's taken steps to improve that. There's a lot of buzz about him. So I, I think he's going to be a steal. Um, I, I, I think the only thing holding him back is control. That's it. So it's a big, it's a big if for him. But if, if he can figure it out, just three walks per nine, a little bit more than that, you know, respectable. Robbie Ray is going to be awesome. Adam, would you like to tell me how many times in his career he has had three walks per nine or less? Oh, I don't think ever. <laughs> it's never happened. No, <laughs> uh, no but, a, but like, but he, I just always make the Blake Snell comparison. It was a, it was a change in where he stood on the mound for Blake Snell. Scott's cell phone. Drink. Um, <laughs> he just moved over on the mound. Ray is, he's changed his mechanics. He's changing the way he falls off the mound and he's just got such good stuff and he's so hard to hit. And he's a guy that could go to Coors Field and have a great outing. You know, it, it's, He's not even like, oh, the matchup's bad, sit Robbie Ray. It's Can he keep the ball in the strike zone? If he does, he's amazing. So, you know, it's just one thing he has to fix. It's a tough thing, but I think I think he's on the way to doing it. Yes, a career 4.05 walks per nine for Robbie Ray. But look, the strikeouts have consistently been there. The swinging strike rate, massive every single season for him. So if he can just get those walks down, like Adam mentioned, I'm a little bit more skeptical, but hey, if this move on the mound actually you know, helps with his control, then maybe we can actually see this happen. The boldest take that I believe in for this season, uh, and I definitely didn't kind of steal your thunder with another 
uh, bold take that you have a little bit later on, Adam. But I have Corey <laughs> Seager will win the National League MVP. Uh, I kind of feel like this is the official podcast of like Rich Hill, Corey Seager. I feel like we're all kind of on board with those players. And I think that the Dodgers are going to have the best record in baseball. So it would not surprise me if the MVP comes from the Dodgers. And it really would not surprise me if Corey Seager is the best hitter on that team. Yes, they have Bellinger. They have Mookie Betts. But we're talking about someone that was once... One of, if not the top prospect in baseball, in Seager uh, last year when he re, uh, when he got off to a slow start, but from May first on, he had an 8.52 OPS with 17 home runs. Just would not surprise me if he has a Freddie Freeman type impact for the Dodgers this season. He's going to win the NL MVP. I have a question. Yes, Adam. Who is the official player of this podcast? I think it might be Corey Seager. We're all quite high on him. I think it's Corey Seager for 2020. Yeah. yeah. I think if we have one hitter and one pitcher, it's Seager and Rich Hill. Unless Adam, I, I haven't really heard you talk about Rich Hill. Do you like? Yeah, no, he's he's awesome. I, all right. I'm all about him. Plus, he's on the Twins. They they cheat like the Astros. Everybody has their best season ever on the Twins now, so that's good. Chris Rich Hill's kind of a Johnny come lately. Like, it might be some recency bias there picking him as our pitcher, but that's fine. I I like him being our pitcher because obviously I think things are going to go very well for him. So that will reflect well on us when it does. It's so hard to get us to all four of us to agree on a pitcher. Pitchers are hard enough to begin with, you know? I disagree. Chris, (laughs) I I think that you were about to say Charlie Morton too, weren't you? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I was thinking like Charlie Morton, Frankie Mm. Montas, uh, I, I don't I don't know about Zach Allen. I think he might be in the discussion. That's that's that was Frank the one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's I think Gallen and Hill. I just don't know if Scott's quite as high on Gallon as Frank or I. Oh, I'm pretty high. I'm pretty high. I'd I'd rather I'd rather stake my reputation on Gallon or Hill probably than than Montas. Though, so, you know, I'm not down on Montas or anything. Hey, opening day starter for the Oakland A's. You watch it there, Scott. News and notes. The Blue Jays, apparently, reportedly, allegedly, any other words that end in a Y that I could throw in there, will be playing their home games in PNC Park. Does this change anything for fantasy, Scott? I had this tweet from earlier um, that the home run park factors had the had PNC Park as the 25th best park for home runs and Rogers Center as the 7th best park for home runs, and that disparity was actually further for specifically right-handed batters. Yeah, so that, that's this- where it really stands out as right-handed batters. You actually, you see a few more triples uh, at PNC Park for right-handed batters, so good news for Vlad Jr. <laughs> yeah, get ready uh, to run, Vlad. But, um, yeah, no, it's it's a tough place for right-handed power hitters to, to play. It's got that short corner in left field, but then it gets really deep basically mm-hmm. immediately. And that wasn't Scott, by the way, since he Frank asks Scott, and and people always confuse Scott and well, Chris. I just in, want to clarify. Scott on double speed. In no, it's my fine. Defense. It's fine. In I, but let me let me defend I just myself. Want, I just want to help distinguish us for the in, audience. In my defense, I was not listening uh, <laughs> when Frank asked you specifically. Is That's is that fine. a defense? Is that a defense worthy? I, I'm not so sure. <laughs> Scott, what do you think? Would you be uh, would you be downgrading any of the hitters? Would you be upgrading any of the pitchers? Apparently, um, you are a huge fan of Hyunjin Ryu based on where you drafted him the other night. Yeah, 
<laughs> not my my fanship isn't quite as high as i drafted him the other night but sure i like i like hyunjin hyunjin ryu he's a ground ball pitcher so i you know it can't hurt him this move i'm not sure it affects things that much you know shoemaker i don't know not I, I, i'm more worried about the right-handed hitters probably than i am uh feeling better about the pitchers like kevin biggio not moving him down because he bats left-handed the thing is like, I was already the low guy on Vladimir Guerrero. I was already the low guy on Lourdes Gurriel. I know you're very high on Lourdes Gurriel, Frank, so I'm going to throw it back right back to you. Does this change your your what you're anticipating for Gurriel? Am I very high on Gurriel, or did you just compare our top 300s and there's some kind of crazy disparity? I, I just, feel like we've talked about... You, I really you've like said Lourdes things Gurriel. like, yeah. why, why is Gurriel going so late? Yeah, I mean... I like him. I don't like the fact that he's dealing with, you know, an oblique injury right now. It seems like he's going to be good for, for opening day. Um, but I just think, I mean, where his lineup context alone, he's going to bat, I believe, third in that lineup. It's a pretty good spot to be, especially when we're all mostly excited about Bo Bichette and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Just, it seems like but a pretty good spot to be in terms is of fantasy. it a good spot to be at PNC Park? I, I'm not going to downgrade these guys all that much. Like, yes, it... It's not great. Obviously, it's better being in uh, in Rogers Center, but they're still going to go to Yankee Stadium. They're still going to go to Fenway. They're still going to go to Camden Yards quite frequently. So I think you downgrade them a little bit, but I don't think I'm really going to let it affect me really at all. I mean, yeah, I, mean I, I think for Vlad, if Vlad hits his upside, it's not going to yeah. matter what park he hits at. Yeah, that, that's kind of how I feel about Vlad, too. Right. Yeah, like you look at like the last great right-handed Pirates hitter, and gosh, you might have to go back to Jason Bay. Unless there's someone I'm forgetting, uh, like truly great all around hitter, McCutcheon. It's, there yes. you go. There you go. That's why Adam's eh, here. That guy. <laughs> I don't but usually he, get no, that. Okay, those. so the, the Jason Bay comp I think works a little better because he left in the middle of his prime, whereas Andrew McCutcheon had already started to tail off a little bit. Mm. Jason Bay wasn't really much better in Fenway than he was, and Fenway's a great park to hit. He wasn't really that much better in Fenway than he was in PNC Park. So I don't want to overstate. Uh, like, he did hit his career high ho- home runs at Fenway, but it's not It's not a death sentence. It's not, you know, it's not like moving from Camden Yards to uh, Petco or something like that. Hunter Dozier has <laughs> tested positive for COVID. I was not saying anything. There was <laughs> yeah, no sure. hidden meaning uh, to that. Yeah. I was not. You know what? Referring to any specific player. I hope we could be the anti Manny Machado podcast if Frank hadn't shown up. No, 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 no. You know what? I take back my Corey Seager pick. I hope Manny Machado wins the MVP. It makes you all. <laughs> Look foolish. Hunter Dozier has tested positive for COVID. Uh, and based on timetables that we've seen with other players, who knows how long he's going to be out. Uh, Adam, would you drop Hunter Dozier? He's 88% owned on CBS Sports Leagues right now. Yeah, these are always interesting questions because it just matter. It just depends on how many IL spots you have. So I'd love to stash him. I, I think um, we got an email earlier today. I don't know if you saw Frank. I, I have Hunter Dozier, and there are these like six guys that I could pick up. And I, I said I like Dozier better than all of them. The best one on that list, I think, was Adam Eaton. So um, I still like Dozier a lot. Before his oblique injury last year, he was really good. I want to be patient with this and stash him in an IL spot if I can. Well, again, Adam, again, like that's why you're the best host. That's why you're a professional broadcaster, because I have it right here in the notes. The question that we received email. earlier today. <laughs> 
And Brandon asked, should I keep Dozier on my bench or drop him for one of Adam Eaton, Howie Kendrick, Austin Riley, Sam Hilliard, Dansby Swanson, or Matt Carpenter in a 12-team points league? There were a few other names, but I deemed those names not worthy. So, Scott. I guess Riley is kind of interesting, right? Would you make any of those moves, Scott? I would. I'm not sure which. They're 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 all pretty interesting. Yeah. And like Dozier, if yeah, obviously if you have an open IL spot or you can't afford to wait for an or and you can't afford to wait for him to go on the IL, he may be already. I'm not sure, but obviously stash him. There's no reason to keep that spot open. But he's not so high end that you should be afraid to drop him, especially in a 12 team points league. Like he's pretty fringy there. Yeah, so I'd be totally cool with that. And uh, like Eaton, if you need immediate help, that's that's probably who I'd turn to. If you want the upside play, I would probably go for Riley. And uh, you know, you can have a quick hook there if Riley doesn't show signs of life right away. Other hitters that are owned in less than sixty percent of CBS leagues. If you need help in the outfield or at third base, Aaron Hicks, Yoannis Cespedes, and Gio Urshela. Chris, I know that you're a huge, huge Franchi Cordero fan, so I've got to ask uh, now with this in, with this COVID news item regarding Hunter Dozier, uh, any interest in Franchi Cordero? Probably more so in a deeper league. And I think Chris is frozen, but this oh, is a great face. Oh boy, this is a great face <laughs> that he's frozen on because it looks like he's just thinking for a really long time about Franchi Cordero. Yeah. I thought he was gonna be like, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but he's just frozen, frozen in time. Well, while he, while you're thinking about Franchi Cordero, by the way, one of the things I'm very interested to see is uh, it'll be on Saturday, James Paxton against the Nationals. And will Adam Eaton be in the lineup against a lefty? And I think Sunday is probably going to be Jay Happ, right? So or I'm not sure about that. Yeah, I would think so because Tanaka's out. Yep. So, um, I want to see if Eaton plays against lefties. I'm not convinced that he will. That's one of the platoon things I want to see at the beginning of the season. They have a pretty good bench. If they didn't have a DH, I'd be pretty convinced that he wasn't going to play against lefties. But uh, they could put Michael Taylor in. He missed a lot of time last year. They have his Drupal Cabrera. They could play against lefties. Uh, obviously, he can't play the outfield, but they can move some pieces around. So um, that's one thing to keep an eye on with Adam Eaton. If Eaton plays every day, he might end up actually being a pretty underrated player. I think... Taylor getting Taylor in the lineup. Yeah, I mean, they have options there. Like you said, we know Eric Thames is probably coming out against lefties. So that could get Taylor in. They move Howie Kendrick from DH to first base. And that's one way to do it. So I'm, I'm actually not. You, you've brought this up every time we've talked about Eaton. I'm, yeah, I'm not I'm saying he'll never show. sit against a lefty, <laughs> but I think it'll be pretty rare. Okay, Chris, well, yeah, I'd like to see. Chris, you're back. Your face was frozen before, and it looked like you were just thinking about the question that I asked you regarding Franchi Cordero. So. Do you have any quick thoughts? Are you interested in Frangie Cordero uh, based on Hunter Dozier being out? Only in a deep, deep Roto League. Frangie Cordero is one of the toolsiest players in baseball. The problem uh, for him is he's not really a baseball player, at least not yet. He's strictly been a guy who can hit the ball hard and run fast, but the actual baseball skills, like he, he's – He's got a strikeout rate close to 40% for his major league career, 38.8%. He's a guy who a lot of people are really interested in uh, for fantasy. And when he got traded from the Padres, there was a lot of discussion um, about him. I like take a flyer in a 15 team roto if he's out there. But beyond that, 
Like, I, I think he could be disastrous in batting average if he plays every day. All right, let's quickly get through the rest of these notes here. Royals manager Mike Matheny announced Wednesday today that uh, pitching prospect Brady Singer will start the club's second regular season game Saturday against the Indians, former first-round pick back in 2018. Scott, what is your interest level in Brady Singer? It's not zero. He strikes me as more of a high-floor pitcher than a high-ceiling pitcher. Good ground ball skills, good control. Uh, You know, not... Not an amazing strikeout rate down at double A and making a big leap, obviously. And he plays for the Royals, so probably not going to get much support. I am not rushing to add him, but I would not be surprised if he gets off to a good start and suddenly is the darling on the waiver wire. It sounds a little like Mike Soroka there, the profile at least. So it doesn't have the prospect. Well, I guess he does have the prospect pedigree, but uh, we'll see. We'll see if he can uh, if he can make it happen. Very surprising. Doesn't have a single start above double egg, and that's Brady Singer. According to WEEI's Lou Merloni, the Dodgers are closing in on a long-term contract extension with Mookie Betts. Apparently, will be somewhere in the 10-plus years uh, carrying a value of 350 to $400 million. Again, that is uh, Mookie Betts. Yeah, that- that's done, it sounds like. Yeah. John Hammond's reported 12 years, 12 year extension, about 350 million, including this year's like 28 million or whatever it is. Uh, Adam, if you own Mookie Betts in a dynasty league, this move makes you feel blank. Feel pretty good because they're going to have a good lineup for a long time and he's going to bat leadoff, you'd think, for a long time, but he's a he's been a much better hitter I think at Fenway Park his batting average is much higher his home runs are a little lower more home runs on the road but all those doubles you know he just really took advantage of Fenway so that's why I didn't love the move I thought he was a little bit worse for fantasy however the DH helps the lineup's just going to score more runs without having a pitcher bat uh, so his value is more or less a, li- a little bit lower than it was when it was with the Red Sox you know and in terms of him being a free agent he could have gone anywhere he could have gone to a really bad park. So this at least eliminates that and it, and it puts him in a great lineup. And I think the DH is here to stay. I don't think we're going to have a D. I don't think we're going to have pitchers batting. I don't know if it's going to happen next year, but it's not maybe after 2021, it'll never happen again. I'm not sure, but I, I think they've always intended to make the, the, and uh, the pitchers stop hitting. So that's going to help Mookie Betts a lot. I, otherwise I'd say I would have liked for him to go to an AL team, but whatever. Last night, Patrick Corbin started against the Orioles, and both of his fastballs averaged less than 89 miles per hour. They averaged over 92 miles per hour last season. Uh, Scott, on a scale of 1 to 10, what is your concern level for Patrick Corbin? Oh, make it a 1 to 100, and then the then it could be 89 could be the concern level. Right, <laughs> right there at the miles per hour. You can just do 8.9. <laughs> no, I, it's not the same. I would not. I would. That would not be my concern level if it was 1 to 100. It would be less than that. It would be closer to like 50. I don't, I don't really know what to make of it at all. This is, this is such a strange buildup that, that pitchers are having to make for this season. And it's common for them to go through a dead arm phase in the middle of spring training. We don't know if, you know, he, he was throwing a hundred percent considering it was a practice game. The adrenaline level probably wasn't there. Uh, He's fans. I, well, <laughs> those aren't going to happen. They amp but up. yeah, I, but like, I, honestly, I don't know. Like if, if that, that's actually a good question because there are certain variables we won't know until we get to the regular season. Like, will the adrenaline level be the same for every pitcher without fans there? 
uh, will they just be able to to turn it on after a, like if they are going through a dead arm period, are they going to they're not going to have time to get out of it like they would in spring training. So I, I don't know. I don't know. It, it's, I don't feel like I can answer it with confidence. So I'm kind of just tuning this stuff out right now, unless there's a specific health concern attached to it. I would be more concerned about Mike fulton who was topping out at like 90 yesterday. And he yeah, usually topped averages, out at 91.4 last yeah, night. 96, 97 is where he usually is. Um, but the same things apply. It's a bigger gap in velocity. Also, the investment level is much lower. So you're drafting Fulton kind of halfway expecting he's not going to work out. Uh, but this, this, it's not encouraging. I don't, I don't want to rush to the conclusion that it, it means these pitchers are screwed though, because like we have, there, there comes a point every spring where we get low velocity readings on pitchers and there's this, mild freak out and then it ends up being nothing at all so yeah and corbin's corbin's is within the realm of normal like he has had stretches in his career uh particularly about about a month into the 2018 season when he was having his big breakout that first month uh i kind of started freaking out because his velocity had really cratered he it was basically the only stretch of his career where he's averaged below 90 miles per hour with his fastball and you're looking at a stretch from May 3rd to June 22nd in 2018, where he basically averaged below 90 miles per hour. And that's the only stretch of his career. He did have a three nine Oh ERA, which is not what you want, but he still had a great whip. It was like 1.17. He still had 74 strikeouts and in 60 innings, still went 60 innings over 10 starts. I just like, this is the kind of thing that happens sometimes is you'll have a pitcher occasionally throw a couple miles per hour below their average. And it, that's not really a a reason to be concerned in Corbin's case. Like we've seen him pitch effectively at this range. If you were worried about Wilson Ramos, he is DHing today for the Mets intra squad game, so it looks like he'll be ready for opening day on Friday. Uh, and if you weren't oh. worried, yes, Adam, who's DHing for the Mets on Friday? Yo, Cespedes. When is Cespedes? Yeah, what's going to happen to JD Davis? You gonna put him in the field? I guess the butcher out there in left field. I have to see what happens. That's where I'm I tell you, man. Cespedes is trouble for JD Day. He could be trouble for JD Davis. Wait, I, I never mind. I'm I'm confused how you made that connection. But. JD Davis is not a good fielder. We want him right, to no, play I DH. Get that. Cespedes I get that. is gonna DH. Oh yeah, no, we we are we always knew one of them was going to DH, and I don't think either would be a great fielder in left. Like, who is the good fielder? Marisnik, I don't know. It's I not guess. Jake Dominic Marisnik. Smith. They tried him the yeah. other day. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, no, I think J.D. Davis is going to... He and Cespedes are going to trade off, and probably Davis will play more left and some third. All right. I hope so. I hope. Yeah. He, I hope we all hope deal. so, for J.D. Yeah. Davis's sake. Uh, if you weren't worried about Marcus Stroman, maybe you should be, because he's dealing with calf tightness. He is day-to-day, and manager Luis Rojas does not know if Stroman will be ready to go the first time through the rotation. So keep that in mind when setting your lineups for this weekend. I will just point out, uh, you probably don't want to start Marcus Stroman for a couple weeks. Anyway, he opens the season with the Braves, Red Sox, and Nationals uh, on his schedule. I did a piece on CBS CBS Sports Fantasy yesterday um, where I looked at like some projected pitcher schedules uh, especially focusing on the early season, and Stroman has one of the toughest to start the season. However, he does have 
three of his next four after that stretch against the Marlins. So yeah, might be a I, good I've, buy low opportunity. I thought about that with Aaron Nola, why I like Luis Castillo so much better than Aaron Nola. I just, there aren't going to be that many breathers for Nola. You know, I mean, if he's facing the AL East, he's facing Yankees, Red Sox, Blue Jays might have a good lineup. I don't know. Um, the Rays are not bad. And then the Mets have a good lineup. The Braves have a very good lineup. The Nationals can hit. I don't know. I, I don't I don't love NL East pitchers this year, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like what's, what's interesting Scherzer and yeah, Scherzer. It's interesting because I did this exercise yesterday and I went through every team and try to cut, kind of plot out what their rotation would look like when guys would face certain teams. And it was interesting. Jack Flaherty actually had one of the toughest projected schedules. Really? Um, but I don't hmm. think that was the case for Luis Castillo. Now he's, he's well, he's got Detroit, the Cubs, the Indians, and then the Brewers at home. That's not, that's kind of middling in terms of toughness. So yeah, it, it'll depend on how the season plays out. It, it shouldn't be a big differentiator uh, one yeah. way or the other. There's a certain talent level where I don't worry about the matchups. So yeah. Much. Like, Jacob DeGrom has a really tough schedule to open the season. I think he plays the Mets or Yankees like three times in his first seven starts or something if he stays on schedule. Who Bold. cares? No, I don't It's Jacob that. DeGrom. Yeah. Bold predictions. Let's get back to these bad boys. Scott, give us your other three bold predictions that are currently live on CBS Sports. I think I've voiced all of these at some point on the podcast, so consistent listeners. Again, you're not going to fall out of your chair, but they're still pretty bold, all right? Nick Castellanos will outperform Nolan Arenado and J.D. Martinez. Yeah, that's pretty bold. Yeah, that's pretty bold. That is. Corey, <laughs> Corey Knebel will have more saves than Josh Hader. Austin Riley will lead the Braves in home runs. So does that make... And we spoke about Riley a little bit earlier on, Scott. But, I mean, if... That were to happen, obviously it's. I mean, you're giving this a certain probability of happening, but that to me means that he should probably be a must-own player, even in a points league. Well, Frank, that's not exactly the way bold predictions work. <laughs> not exactly. I mean, you have a level of confidence in him to make that kind of bold claim. No, I knew Scott was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's look, all of these bold predictions. I think, I think they're. Enough in the realm of possibility that I want some level of investment in these players. I think it's less than 50% and probably less than that for, uh, for all of them. I mean, Nick Castellanos, I say he'll outperform Nolan Arenado and JD Martinez. If he's anywhere in the vicinity, that's kind of a win. You know, that's kind of how that works. No, you got <laughs> to nail it. <laughs> um, yeah. I, Riley, I think he's must own in a roto league. I'll say that five outfielder roto league, just late round power source. Uh, I'll call him must own there points league with all the strikeouts and the smaller rosters, you know, maybe not so much, but he could become that. I mean, he's it's, it's the thing. Uh, I would say this like about Carter Keyboom too. two up who two high upside players who are avail available, very late. People just decided they're no good for some reason. Uh, we should know pretty early on if Riley and Keyboom are going to be an asset in fantasy this year. And if they're not, you know, if they're doing nothing after two weeks in a nine-week season, you can probably move on. Castellanos, I will just note that I was in 
an industry auction last night. It's just I feel so snobby when I say that. But Nick Castellanos went for $25 in this auction last night. That was the same price as Xander Bogarts. So Castellanos is very popular, not just here on this show, but uh, yeah. very popular around the industry, and for good reason. Uh, Scott has pointed out many times that, you know, his fly balls would basically just die in Comerica, and that should help his chances of being awesome in Great American yeah. Ballpark. Uh, Chris, give me three hey. other bold predictions that you have. Charlie Morton is the best pitcher in the American League. Oof. You go through ADP, and here's who else is in the American League. Garrett Cole, well, he's pitching for a new team. Don't know how that's going to go. Yankees have had some weird results with guys that they've acquired. Uh, and It's a really hard place for a fly ball pitcher to pitch. Justin Verlander coming off groin surgery and a strained lat and being 37 years old. Shane Bieber has some of the worst quality of contact stats of any pitcher in baseball. Uh, Mike Clevenger has his own injury issues, and he's really only pitched, you know, at that ace level for that one partial season in 2019. Charlie Morton has three really good seasons behind him, during which he's made at least 28 starts. There have been no injury concerns the last two seasons. I think the risk is being overstated with Charlie Morton, and I think his skills are underrated. Yeah, that one actually works out quite well for you, Chris, because you are, you've been uh, quite vocal about being anti-Bieber and anti-Clevenger, so I mean that would jump Charlie Morton up to being the, what, third best pitcher in the American League right then and there? So uh, yeah, that works out quite well for you. Uh, what are some other bold predictions you have, Chris? Jose Ramirez is a top three hitter in fantasy. This one actually shouldn't be bold, but the fact that he fell to 25th overall in our uh, points mock, or yeah, head to head points mock or draft the other day. I think he fell uh, further than 25th because I you have, uh, you have in the past called me out for not having bold enough bold predictions. Okay. This is definitely not a bold enough bold prediction. He was the number uh, one hitter two years ago. I agree. It should not be a bold prediction, it Adam, but it is because <laughs> well, he's not being drafted that way. Yeah, what well, you're saying, would a guy a, who was probably like it, the 15th hitter taken, something like that. Would it be a bold prediction to say, I don't know, J.D. Martinez is a top three hitter? No. I don't think so either. <laughs> well, I disagree, and you know what? I'm the one who gets to publish the story. So Jose Ramirez will be a top three hitter in fantasy. Bold prediction. If you want to make it bolder, he'll be the best hitter in fantasy. There that would go. be pretty bold, yeah. I mean, it's two eh, spots. Still two happened spots. two and years we're, ago. We're taking Trout out of it, probably. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, he he changed his swing to try to combat the shift last season. This is something he talked about, something his agent actually commented on. Uh, and over the la- final two months of the season, he hit 321 with like a 1,100 OPS and a 50-homer pace. He's not going to hit a 50-homer pace, but... I mean, a, a 15 homer, 15 or 10 stolen base season while hitting 300 is entirely within the realm of possibility for Jose Ramirez. He is an elite fantasy option. He actually went 28th overall in that draft we did the other Ridiculous. day, Chris. So further proving your point, kind of with Adam on this one. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't think yeah. it's bold enough. <laughs> All right. You want bold predictions? We're going to go to Mr. Adam Azer himself, because if he's going to call other people out for their bold predictions, he better have some great ones himself. Mm, don't don't set the bar too high. My last one's really not that bold. The first two, I think, are pretty bold. Carlos Correa wins AL MVP. Yoan Moncada is a top 10 hitter in Roto. Chris Paddock is better than St- Steven Strasburg. Hmm. What do you guys think? Bold? Uh, the, the first two are pretty bold. 
Wow. They're all bold. You chose Correa to win the AL MVP, Adam. Wow. It sounds a lot like Corey <laughs> Seager winning the NL MVP. Well, yeah, but I actually don't think that... I don't think the best of Corey Seager is quite MVP level, um, whereas I do think the best of Correa is. You know, I just, I just think he could have a monster year. I think Look, I've said enough about Correa. If we're going to quibble with saying that the 15th hitter drafted is going to be better than the third is not a bold take, then there's no way that the 18th pitcher drafted being better than the sixth pitcher drafted can be a bold take. I agree. That was not so, that was not so bold. And like half of Steven Strasburg's career, he's a huge disappointment. But Chris, but Chris Paddock has never been better than Steven Strasburg. Whereas Jose Ramirez literally 2018 was the best hitter. in. I agree. That's the point, Adam. Everyone's forgetting how good Jose Ramirez was. All right. Yeah. Uh Okay. Well, those are my predictions, Frank. I've got bold predictions. Here we go. Joe Musgrove. Stop me. If you've heard the name before will be a top 20 starting pitcher this year. I don't know how he's going to get there. He might only win, you know, three or four games with uh, the Pittsburgh offense backing him. But I am counting on the ERA and the whip and the strikeouts being great for Big Joe. Uh, Look, I've come this far. I'm not going to stop now. Fran Mil Reyes will lead baseball in home runs. This might be, you know, not that bold either. But That's bold. Yeah, I mean, he's going around 15 behind the leader last year. So what do you think? Does that is that bold enough? That's Chris? bold. Yeah, it's yeah. the exact number of spots Jose Ramirez <laughs> is behind uh, where he where I said he would finish. So I knew you were going to say that. Yep. Uh, Fran Mil Reyes. He impacts the hard basic uh, impacts the ball basically as hard as anybody. His average exit velocity is behind only Aaron Judge, Miguel Sano, and Nelson Cruz. Last season, he's just got to raise that launch angle a little bit, and then probably the boldest of of them all, Miguel Sano will outperform Pete Alonso this season. I just think if Sano could stay healthy, if they play the same number of games, I just don't know the difference between Sano and Pete Alonso, and Sano is going 70 to 80 picks later in drafts. So, a full season pace last year, he was on pace for 52 home runs. Pete Alonso hit 53. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. But will Chris Davis outperform Pete Alonso? Yes, he will outperform both of them. To answer your question, Scott. Now, that's a bold take. <laughs> I mean, Chris I don't, Davis I, has been one of the worst hitters in baseball for the last couple of years. I pushed him into a, a bolder take. Uh, yeah, I don't actually believe that with Chris Davis, by the way. Ah. Uh, but you are further proving your point that, yes, in our mock draft, I should have taken Miguel Sano <laughs> over Chris Davis, Scott. Uh, Adam, yesterday we were talking a little bit about um, cover songs. So I did a little bit... I did way too much research than I, than I should have last night. And it will say that I like the Smashing Pumpkins a decent bit. That cover was very bad. It's terrible. You were right yeah. about that. It's a good cover. The, it's not. The Lincoln, <laughs> the, the Limp Biscuit cover, I actually thought was serviceable. Chris, I'm Jesus. sorry. Behind oh, Blue Eye. Uh, well, Chris is leaving. <laughs> uh, and then Evan Stanick sent this in earlier today. Uh, he said, Puddle of Mud attempting to cover About a Girl um, by Nirvana, which was, is very bad. And I agree. That one was. Time. It's, it's just bad right from, like, First yeah. note. It's like just, trying to cover the Beatles. Just don't do it. I mean, there's plenty of good Beatles. Beatles the Beatles there. are easy, easy to cover. A lot of songs are easy to cover for the Beatles. Nirvana, like, nobody, very few people can sing like Kurt Cobain. And especially that song about a girl. I mean, he's the Puddle of Mud singer is just straining so hard. You could see it on his face. It's yeah. really the struggle I is honestly, real. Uncomfortable. I, I felt bad watching it. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, I did some research myself, and I found that uh, Madonna's rendition of American Pie 
was is one of the worst things Ooh, that I've ever heard. That sounds really bad. It's very it's very uh, bad. It's not. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the Blue Jays are considering Baltimore as a potential home site as well. All right, let's go, Vlad. Uh, or nice. they have no home park. Uh, you know, you were making fun of Manny Machado saying, you know, the whole Petco to Camden. Well, you know what? Uh, I think, you know, honestly, Camden's probably better than Rogers Center, if we're being honest. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, so. All right, let's see what happens there. Um, disregard everything we said regarding PNC Park. This is kind of a fluid situation, so let's see what happened. Adam, I know you got to skip out here a little bit. You got some FFT to oblige you. Why don't you give us your... Uh, your season prediction, some of your picks for MVP, uh, Cy Young, Rookie of the Year. Who do you have winning the World Series? Okay, wait. I thought they were in the article, so I have to They're in a different article. They're in the different article, Adam. Split them up. I'm supposed to read two articles a day? Are Going you kidding? for them clicks. <laughs> All right, here we go. I got the Yankees in the East, Twins in the Central. Surprise. Uh, the Astros in the West. Yeah, very creative. The Rays and the Cleveland Indians to win the wild card. It's just Cleveland. To win the wild card. Um, okay, those are my five AL playoff teams. I have the Braves. I took the Cardinals. Central is fun, wide open. I don't really believe in the Cardinals, but I'm not ready to go for the Reds yet. So I'm going to Cardinals, Dodgers in the West. I have the Diamondbacks and the Brewers. Nobody seems to like the Brewers. I have the Brewers winning a wild card spot. Uh, Yankees over the Braves. Sorry, Scott. For the World Series, Yankees over the Braves. The Yankees are incredible. They are so good. It is hard to believe how good they are. I cannot wait to watch them beginning tomorrow. Uh, Carlos Correa, MVP. Garrett Cole, Cy Young. Lewis Robert, Rookie of the Year. Ronald Acuna, MVP. Jack Flaherty, Cy Young. Shogo Akiyama, NL Rookie of the Year. I really did not know who to put for NL Rookie of the Year, so I had to go to our CBS Sports page and see who our baseball writers were picking, and that's how I came up with Shogo Akiyama. Well, you could have just been like the rest of us. Adam, and chose Mitch Keller. Yeah, just take the free space on the board, Adam. <laughs> I, I actually I think Ak- Akiyama's a good call. I didn't even think of him because, you know, he's a 30-something rookie, 30-something-year-old. But, yeah, leadoff hitter for what should be a great lineup. Could go well for him. Yeah, it's not bad. Not bad there, Adam. All right, so uh, see you tomorrow, Adam. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Adieu. Thank you, guys. See you tomorrow. Thanks see you later. Thanks for being here. All right, when we come back, we will give out our season predictions. Our, me, Scott, and Chris. We'll do that here on Fantasy Baseball Today. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to buy now. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. Nothing beats a weekend away with the family in the great outdoors, whether it's camping, hiking, river rafting, or anything in between. With third-row seating, nobody is left out. The entire family can experience the thrill together. And nobody wants a dead phone. Available dual wireless charging pads make it so nobody gets stuck and we can check our fantasy baseball teams together. 
Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome back to Fantasy Baseball Today. Quickly promote a few things. Join our Fantasy Baseball Today uh, Facebook group. Why, why wouldn't you? All right? I mean, it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of smart guys and gals participating, answering questions, interacting. Uh, Scott does a Q&A on there, and it's a lot of fun. So make sure to join our Facebook group. That's facebook.com slash groups slash fantasy baseball today. And just a quick reminder that you can find us on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Stitcher. We have a few pretty useful playlists on Spotify, specifically if you want to seek those out. All right, season predictions. Um, I didn't allow Adam to make this prediction, so apologies, Adam, if you're listening. But we also included in this article our waiver wire pickup of the year. So, Scott, why don't you let us know? Who do you think can be this year's waiver wire ad, the person who will help people most? Yeah, I wasn't exactly sure what route to go with this question. I wanted to pick somebody who wasn't already on our radar. So I went with Brendan Rodgers of the Rockies, who will make the opening day roster is my understanding. And, you know, former third overall pick, top prospect, uh, got set back last year by, I think it was a torn labrum in his shoulder after getting called up. And uh, I could see him, you know, forcing his way into being the everyday second baseman and being the... uh, the exciting young Rockies hitter who actually does take off, even though he's the one nobody's drafting. So Brendan Rogers is my pick for this. Yeah. And look, people are listening to us because Corbin Burns's uh, ownership percentage continues to climb, but it's still only 31%. Uh, and to be fair, when I sent these responses to Chris, he was not named a part of the rotation uh, and now he is. So it's a little bit less exciting, but he's still just not owned in enough leagues. So Corbin Burns for me, I think that he can be, a league winner, and you could still pick him up in many leagues right now. Chris, who do you think can be the waiver wire ad for this season? Yeah, I'm going to go off the board. Those are those are good ones, big names. People know about them. I'm going to give some love to Edward Olivares, who seems almost certain to make the Padres roster and might actually be in the everyday lineup. Josh Naylor is on the bubble uh, for the roster as a whole. He's kind of penciled in as the DH right now. Edward Olivares is not one of the top prospects in this organization, but that's hardly his fault. This is one of the best organizations in baseball. Uh, he hit 283 with 18 homers and 35 steals at double A last season. Uh, makes good enough contact, may not be, uh, you know, a high average guy, but may not hurt you there. And if he plays every day in a corner outfield spot with Will Myers playing DH, you know, that might be the best lineup that the Padres can put out there. And if, if that's the case, I mean, you look at how excited we get about anyone with the potential for 20 homers and 20 steals in a full season, let alone, you know, 20 homers and maybe 35 to 40 steals uh, Mm -hmm. over a full season. Edward Olivares has a great profile for fantasy. He's not someone that anybody's really talking about for fantasy. Um, But I love him as a late round pick in a Roto league. I love him as a waiver wire ad to start the season. Uh, and if he gets into the lineup, I think he can be a must. I think he could eventually be a must-start fantasy option. He sounds like somebody they've been raving about. In yeah, camp too. Like all the Padres beat writers have been huge spring, amazing summer camp performance. Yeah. Uh, along the same line, somebody I considered for this before going with Brendan Rodgers was Bradley Zimmer. Remember yeah. him of of the Indians? 
yeah, he's he's had a monster performance during summer camp and uh, you know, former top prospect who got set back by injuries. So we'll, we'll see if he can find his way into a starting role there. Not hard to start in the Cleveland outfield. Right. I, I would exactly. also consider Clint Frazier if there was any chance for him to play. He's got that new swing setup that you know, really seems to be paying dividends. That was something that we saw in spring and uh, he's homered a few times in summer camp as well. Uh, Edward Olivares is only owned in 3% yep. of CBS leagues and Bradley Zimmer also just 3%. So for those who play in deeper leagues, if you want to take a flyer on an outfielder, those are two names for you. Scott, before we get to our division winners and our World Series champion, uh, why don't you reveal who you have for the award picks in 2020? Ah, uh, the award picks. The award picks. The award picks. How bold are these? We'll see. AL MVP is Alex Bregman, who could have won last year. So that one's not that bold. Obviously, Trout will be at a disadvantage if he misses a week like we think he will. AL Cy Young, Shane Bieber. I have a lot of stock in Shane Bieber. Uh, Kristen to get to share that bold pick, that bold yeah, prediction. No, my bold prediction. One, of his, one of his bold predictions was Shane Bieber finishes with an ERA over four. So clearly I disagree. Not that bold of a prediction, Honestly, just because like if he has two bad starts, he'll probably have an ERA over four, even <laughs> if he pitches really well in every other start. AL Rookie sure. of the Year. I am alone on this one. I am going with Nate Pearson. Last year, I had a hunch Pete Alonzo would be the NL MVP, uh, NL Rookie of the Year at this time. But I went with the consensus pick instead because I didn't want to look like a fool. And look what happened. Pete Alonzo won NL MVP. So I'm going... Rookie of the year. So I'm going with my gut this time, picking Nate Pearson for AL Rookie of the Year. He was not that impressive last night. No, he wasn't. But the stuff, let's... the stuff especially was not what uh where where you want it to be. It would it was there early. Let's consider the body of work here for Nate Pearson. <laughs> NL MVP, uh headline grabber today, Mookie Mookie Betts. You know, obviously not going out on a big limb there, but uh, I think he'll probably, I think he has a good chance of leading the league in war, and that's usually what it takes to win MVP these days. Chris Paddock as my NL Cy Young. That's probably the boldest of these picks and kind of, uh, you know, kind of piggybacking Adam's pick of Paddock having a better year than Strasburg, I guess. And look, I, I haven't been that uh, aggressively drafting Paddock, but. I could I could see it playing out this way just because like there's no restrictions on his workload now. He's somebody who throws a lot of strikes, so I could see him pitching deep into games, racking up strikeouts. I could see him taking that kind of big step forward. I could also see him just standing still. But I'm gonna I wanted a bold pick here for my awards, and that's the bold one I'm going with. Chris Paddock for NL Cy Young, and then NL Rookie of the Year is Mitch Keller. Chris, any bold calls for your award predictions? Well, yeah. I mean, first off, I want to state that the three, the four of us have picked three Astros to win or three, two Astros in three of our picks for AL MVP. And apparently we've forgotten that back in January, basically the consensus was there was no way the Astros would be able to be able to overcome the vitriol hurled <laughs> their way to get the, the votes they need for awards. But you know, Water that's under fine. the bridge. Uh, AL MVP, a little guy you might have heard of named Mike Trout. Mike Trout should be the default pick unless there is an extremely compelling reason for him not to be your pick. Like and his, I don't think his wife he might birth? miss five or six. What? His wife giving birth? 
Yeah, I don't think him potentially missing five or six games will impact his MVP odds. That is not really uh, a thing that hurts you all that much in MVP voting. He won MVP in the American League last year while missing, what, 20 games? Right. Uh, And that was with the Angels missing the playoffs, whereas I think the Angels will make the playoffs and are a Dark Horse World Series contender. Uh, Charlie Morton, American League Cy Young, I already said it. He will be the best pitcher in the American League. Luis Robert, AL Rookie of the Year, sort of the, you know, kind of the free space on the board, I guess. Uh, NL MVP, Mookie Betts. I'm with Scott on that one. NL Cy Young, Jacob deGrom. Uh, One of the, uh, I think, half dozen pitchers who could make 14 starts this season, which uh, could really give him a boost if he pitches like he normally does. Mitch Keller, NL Rookie of the Year. Love, love, love Mitch Keller. Just stay healthy, Jacob deGrom. I think that's probably uh, all he needs to do to at least finish top three in Cy Young voting. So let's see what happens with Jacob deGrom. For me, I also have Alex Bregman as my MVP. Scott uh, did not get bold with the AL Cy Young, admittedly. Uh, Going with the homer pick, Garrett Cole. For me, rookie of the year, free space. Uh, Luis Robert, we have one draft left tonight. Can I overcome my FOMO of Luis Robert? I mean, you have to. I, 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 you're right. I have to. It is OBP though, which you know maybe that'll push him down the board a little bit. The I would love to. Participants are listening now. They're not going to let this happen. <laughs> I would, I would love, I would love to get him. So let's see what Frank, happens tonight. You've heard it here first, folks in the listen in the for the people <laughs> league. Frank will pay any cost to draft Luis Robert. Any cost. Uh, in the National League, my bold prediction that Corey Seager will win the MVP. The Cy Young and the MVP will come from the same team. That's right, Walker Bueller. We'll get off to a slow start. He did that last year as well. But once he gets going, I think he's going to get going. And I could see him winning a ton of games this season. Uh, Although he's only going to make, what, 12 or 13 (laughs) starts anyway. A ton of games. How many is he going to win? I don't know, seven or eight? (laughs) And then rookie of the year for me, Mitch Keller as well. All right, Scott, it all comes down to this. Who is sitting at the top of baseball by the end of 2020? And how do they get there? Division winners and World Series champion. All right. AL's easy, I feel like. The division winners are the Yankees in the East, the Twins in the Central, and the Astros in the West. It looks like all four of us have those picks for the AL. Spoiler alert. The wild card, uh, I think we all have the Rays, right? Yep, we all have the Rays. That was the easy one. Could go a few different ways with the second wild card spot. I tend to, I, I tend to prioritize starting pitching pitching when i break down a team uh so i went with i went with the indians as the other wild card i might have gone with the a's if i could count on luzardo and aj puck being in the rotation but i yeah. can't count on either being in the rotation so i'm going with the indians as my second wild card team raising and indians nl i think there's more room to dispute here i am going with the nationals over my my own team the braves again i tend to emphasize starting pitching pitching uh, with this exercise and they have the best starting pitching in baseball probably a nl central the reds i think they have the best starting pitching and the best lineup in that division nl west is the dodgers that is an easy call nl wild card i will put the braves in the playoffs still i think they have the best lineup and the best bullpen in their division Uh, if 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 i could Felt like I could count on Mike Fultonevich, or if Mike Soroka, Max Fried had a little bit more of a track record, I might have put them over the Nationals 
for the division. And look, they beat the Nationals for the division the last two years, so it could certainly happen again. But on paper, I do like the Nationals more than the Braves. Still putting the Braves in the playoffs, though. Second wild card for the NL. Again, I could have gone a few different directions with this. I decided to go with the Padres. I'm giving Chris Paddock the Cy Young, so that helps with that. I just think their bullpen, the way they built their bullpen, is going to make up for a lot of their starting pitcher shortcomings, which, you know, if they, if they call Mackenzie Gore up at some point, if Denelson Lamette and Garrett Richards live up to their full appeal, maybe, maybe the shortcomings won't be that great in the starting rotation anyway. Padres are on the verge of taking the next step, and I think they take it this year and win a wild card spot. Should I stop there, or should I go ahead and give my World Series? Go ahead. Give us the World Series. What do you got, Scott? Dodgers are in the World Series again. <laughs> Unfortunately, they're losing it to the Twinkies. Love the Twinkies this year. Adding Kenta Maeda, adding Rich Hill. I think they're both going to be great. I think they may have the best lineup in baseball. They may have the best bullpen in baseball, too. People really sleeping on that bullpen. There were a lot of guys, particularly in the second half last year, that really turned the corner and, and looked like they could be shut down guys for them late in games. So, Twins over Dodgers, that's my World Series pick. Yeah, I mentioned at the top that Scott is quite bullish on the Twins, and there you have it. He has them winning the World Series here in 2020. Chris, uh, your World Series, pretty bold here, actually. Tell us about it. How do we get there? Uh, I'm just yeah, kidding. It's Yanks, Twins, Astros. <laughs> that's chalk. Nobody's, nobody's going to disagree there. I went with the Rays and the Angels. Like I said, I think the Angels are a dark horse World Series contender. The top five of that lineup could be as good as any in baseball. And if Joe Adele slides in, you can go ahead and make it six. Uh, And they've got pitching depth, actually. Uh, NL, Mets, Reds, Dodgers win the division. I've got uh, the Reds winning the NL Central. But like Adam said, I think that's the most wide wide open division. uh, And really any team besides the Pirates, I think, would be a reasonable uh, selection in a short year. Uh, and then NL wild cards, Braves nationals. So I've got the top three teams in the NL East making it. Hmm. Um, I just, yeah, the Mets, Mets is a really interesting pick. Mets bullpen should be really good or at the very least much improved and has the potential to be really, really good. They have the potential to have three of the better short shutdown late inning guys, uh, between Lugo, Batances and Edwin Diaz. Um, okay. I haven't seen much confidence in Patances, but it's certainly, he certainly has the track record. Yeah. Uh, I like the offense. It's deep. They can afford injuries this year because they've got plenty of options and you know, they've got the best pitcher in the national league. The guy who's going to win the Cy Young. As I they said. got that one guy, but man, their rotation looks. looks yeah. Pretty, uh, pretty it's especially if Stroman's without, banged uh, up too. And we with Wheeler gone too. I mean, look yeah. every other year, uh, Rick Porcello, right. Isn't that a thing? <laughs> Um, and then the World so. Series Dodgers over Astros I actually don't think it's uh, I think those are the two best teams in baseball hmm. uh, at least the two most talented teams in baseball I know Frank you'll probably disagree and, and want the Yankees in there I think they're probably third um, it's but close yeah I think look the Dodgers have to get over the hump at some point I think they are far and away the class of the National League in terms of talent um, and at some point it's going to happen for them why not this year? Why not now? I can see all the off-season discussion. As soon as the Dodgers hoist the trophy, they are the champions, and everyone starts saying, well, 
They finally did it the year that it has an asterisk next to it because it's a shortened season. Not that I think that there should be, and it's not fair, but that's probably what's going to happen. Uh, for I mean, me, look, the playoffs are going to be the normal length. And the Dodgers true. have been the best regular season team in baseball for like six years in a row. So at some point, <laughs> mm-hmm. you can't just write it off as an asterisk. Right. Body of work. Hopefully, of work. you know, they'll, they'll still be playing into the postseason the way that they normally would in the regular season. Although, if the Astros and Yankees uh, win the World Series, there's definitely an asterisk. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, well, thanks, Chris. Uh, same thing, I guess, if the Marlins win it. Uh, the Yankees. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yes. <laughs> Things go bad. Something went 100% terribly wrong with that. <laughs> if the Marlins win the World Series. Uh, for me, I got chalk in the AL as well. Yankees, Twins, Astros. I have the Rays. I believe we all have Yankees, Twins, Astros, Rays. Yeah, yeah we and only differ on that fifth team. We differ on that second wild card team and I have the White Sox so that's kind of my bold call here um, some question marks about the pitching I think the bullpen could be improved I really really like the lineup there's no surprise about that I love Jose Abreu love Eloy Jimenez big fan of you on Mancada uh, so I like the lineup the pitching just has to come through for the White Sox I think they can make a wild card push in the National League the Nationals the Reds and the Dodgers so I am on board with the Reds as well, uh, and then in the wild card, I have the Braves. You know, I don't, I didn't feel great about choosing the Cardinals here. It just it seems like they always find a way. Like, I'm not a big Cardinals guy. I don't think their lineup's Cardinals great. Cardinals double magic. Yeah, hopefully they you know call D- Dylan Carlson up sooner rather than later. I think that could help the lineup. But they just they always find a way. I think the pitching will be decent enough. The bullpen they'll piece it together like they always do. Uh, and they're gonna s- do it with Paul Goldschmidt as a bust. That's right. Exactly. Um, and then my World Series, I have it's kind of a chalky pick, too. I have Dodgers and Yankees in the World Series. I have the Dodgers over the Yankees. The Dodgers win it uh, on the back of my National League MVP and Cy Young, Walker Bueller, and Corey Seager. All right, gentlemen, there you go. Happy opening day eve. When we are back tomorrow, it will be the day that baseball returns. And I am pumped. I am very excited. Uh, We're going to have a full slate of action on Friday as well. So tomorrow on the show, we're really going to prep you for over the weekend, the four-game slate, the 11-game slate. If you play in a head-to-head league, please play 11 games in your first week. If you play Roto, that's fine. Just set your lineup for the weekend. That's how it should be. But if you play in head-to-head, make it an 11-day week. We'll help you prep for that tomorrow on the show. For Scott and Chris, I am Frank. Thank you all for listening and watching on the Fantasy Baseball Today YouTube channel. We'll be back again tomorrow. Bye-bye. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. Homes.com offers in-depth neighborhood guides with detailed video overviews, comprehensive narratives, and unbiased information from a multitude of sources. You thought we go in-depth with player analysis on Fantasy Baseball today? You haven't seen anything yet. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood complete with a video guide. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. When looking at local schools, they offer test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know, all in one place. Homes.com. 
we've done your homework.